Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody. Let's get this show on the road, finally. My name is Tony Stevens, the Director of Advocacy for the American Council of the Blind. I'm just doing a mic check. We're coming in late. Can my attendees hear me okay? Yes. Oh, yes. wonderful. All right, great. Sound Thank great, you, Tony. Attendees. Sound great. I'm not alone. Listen to that. There's other people. We're surrounded by warm, comfortable voices now. It's Saturday evening in Maryland and Washington and Virginia and the DMV, as we call it. We're here at the National Office of the American Council of the Blind. I'm joined with a guest next to my side, another guest on another side of a wall, and some guests from all around the country right now. Welcome to the Get Up and Get Moving presentation for the American Council of the Blind 60th Annual Conference and Convention. We are doing a virtual kickoff tonight for this wonderful campaign that's going to be going for the next three years. We're going to all be tired. I think we're already tired now and we literally just took our first step. So these things are a marathon in terms of the convention. So we appreciate everybody's patience as we got going and finally got up and running tonight and on the air. So I am welcomed here tonight by the committee for the Get Up and Get Moving campaign outstanding set of advocates from around the country and some of our staff as well with the American Council of the Blind that are working hard to create a campaign that will run for the next three years. As we come out of the pandemic, we're not coming out quiet. We're taking back our health, taking back our independence, and we're working with our partners and people around the country to expand opportunity to foster the life that we deserve as people who deserve equality and inclusion particularly as we've all come out of this health pandemic, knowing that the healthcare system is so critical, our health is so critical, and it's important that we work together to help lift ourselves all up. So in that spirit of the values of the American Council of Blind, I'm going to welcome my co-pilot here right now who's been hanging on through some turbulence, Clark Rockfall, Government Affairs and Advocacy Director for ACB. Hello, Clark. Hello, Tony, and hello, ACB. Clark, I love that enthusiasm, which is why I love I love you being my co-pilot right now. And not only am I welcomed by Clark, but we've also got Jennifer Flatt, our communications manager, who's with us tonight on staff. And I want to thank Jolyn Bailey-Page, who's been flying behind the scenes. She's been sort of the navigator, the radar person that's in the back of the plane flying us off. And exciting, exciting to have the president of the American Council of the Blind tonight, to kick off the campaign and to welcome us all listening in on YouTube Live and on Facebook and over ACB Media, Dan Spoon. Dan, hello, sir, Mr. President. Woo! Woo! Yes, one fan. That was Terry. Hello, Terry. Hey, Dan. Did you hear me? I heard you, Terry. <laughs> hey, Dan. Thank you so much, Dan, for, for coming on and being a part. And just welcome. Let's have a nice warm welcome from Orlando, Florida. Oh, well, thank you, Tony, and, and welcome to the launch, the official launch of the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, a campaign that will run for three years that really will focus on not only bringing our community involvement and engagement to the larger community, our neighborhoods, our local gyms, our walking trails, our paths, you know, the opportunity for our blind and visually impaired, low vision community to take advantage of those assets that are made available to everyone and why not us? And so that's an important leg. And then the second leg is really the access to health equipment. And, and really, you know, it's something that many of us are living as we age, as baby boomers, as folks that are in that next generation, that we 
really are seeing this huge surge in technology and our community is being left behind. And this has even hit me very personally with heart monitoring that I had to have done a few months ago that very easily could be an accessible for me, but was not. You know, it was all run through a smartphone. We all know with our iPhones and all that, how with voiceover, how accessible that can be, but it wasn't. And I had to have a sighted colleague, a sighted friend come and check to make sure my lights were green and my monitor was working properly. And it's not just that it's unfortunate, it's totally unacceptable. As blind people, we cannot stand by and let our health care be treated like we are second-class citizens. And so advocacy is a huge part of this campaign. Exercise and getting inclusion inside those common areas that our society takes advantage of, whether it be in a hotel or a gym or path, is also very important. And third, it's just a wonderful opportunity for us to engage in the larger community. And I think there's a real opportunity here for our corporate partners to get behind us, support this initiative, and with the time and the talent and the treasure of our members, we can move this initiative forward and become truly the get up and get moving community that is the American Council of the Blind. So thank you, Tony. Thanks for being here. Thanks for launching this campaign. And all I can say is hip, hip, hooray. Go get them, guys. We can do hip, this hip, and we can do it well. Hip, hip, thank hooray. you. Excellent. Mr. President, thank you so much, Dan. And, and, and thank you for such a rousing and personal sort of kickoff to this event. Now, I also want to welcome Eric Bridges, our executive director, who's here in our office today as well in Alexandria, Virginia. Eric, good evening. Good evening, Tony. I'm so happy to be here. I'm Thanks happy so much for to, being here. I mean, it's you're off. only about 12 feet from us right now on the other side of the wall. <laughs> Man, we got to find another chair. <laughs> That's what we need. We hear so. an echo, Eric. No, just yeah, <laughs> no, but we, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Eric and myself and Clark and all of us on staff have been working closely with this committee that I'm fortunate about to introduce. Now, Eric, I'd like to just throw it to you real quick in terms of the advocacy and work that we've done for years but the need to bring this to a larger spotlight. We work behind the scenes oftentimes with a lot of these companies, but sometimes it's hard to get through. Large corporations sometimes have obstacles, roadblocks. They're designed to not always hear the voices of people, which is part of the reason of the campaign. Eric, I know you got your start in advocacy as the former director of advocacy and external affairs for ACB before you took on the helm to be my boss, the executive director for ACB. Any words of advice and, and enthusiasm to get us started as someone who's been in the trenches for so long uh, to know that now we have the chance for the campaign to really amplify our voice? Well, this is the first time we've done something like this at this scale and with the communications channels that we have at our disposal to really communicate not just our wants, but our, our absolute needs. You know, our community has not been as visible out about in society, just living life as others. And there are multiple reasons for that. And we'll probably talk a little bit about that this evening. But the lack of accessibility of, as Dan was talking about, healthcare uh, devices, uh, durable medical equipment, and things of that nature, but then also the exercise and fitness arena. You know, the work that we've done over the last year with Peloton to make that their bikes accessible uh, with a touchscreen user interface, you know, 
pretty tremendous. We've done this in other areas, Tony, you know that, and so does Clark. You Both of you have worked in this arena for, for a while, and we've been able to make what seemingly was the impossible possible. And I believe firmly that over the next two to three years, through, through this campaign and the advocacy component of it, the awareness of the needs of our community is going to go up, but also the, the creativity and ingenuity of this industry is likely going to be enhanced. And with our collaboration, collaboration is, uh, is one of our five core values, uh-huh. um, and we take it very seriously at ACB. It's, it's part of our culture. Through the collaboration that we will have with either the, the durable medical equipment field or the exercise and fitness field, we will make significant strides. And in doing so, more of our folks are going to get to be more independent <clears throat> and ultimately take back their own health care. Fantastic. Eric, thank you so much. And, and, and that's what this is all about, taking back our health. Yep. I'm joined by an outstanding committee that, that is really helping us move this mountain, right? With the obstacles we know, and for many of us, it's been very personal, the challenges we've had with our health. We're excited to have uh, a, a, an outstanding committee I'm going to introduce now. We're going to start with the chair of the committee, Tom Tobin, and Tom is from Cleveland, Ohio. Tom, I'm going to let you sort of kick off introductions for the committee, and we'll get a chance to hear about the three pillars that the campaign is going to be launching from, from our committee members in a few minutes. But first, let's get to know who's going to be launching this committee over the next three years. So, Tom, I'm going to throw it over to you. Well, <laughs> our fearless well, leader. Yeah, our fearless leader. So anyway, I couldn't articulate any better um, the, the mission and goal of this initiative than Tony, Dan, and Eric just did. So I'm not even going to try. But I will say I was very honored and privileged to be asked to chair this committee. Um, and I will uh, reiterate what Tony said. Uh, it's made up of some really remarkable dedicated and committed people. Um, so I'm very privileged to have a great team around me. So I really appreciate everyone's willingness to help out. And if I might take a chance to introduce the committee, if that's okay, Tony, um, I'd like to do that yep, uh, because I think you need all need to get to get to in, get to hear or get to know some of these folks. And you'll be hearing from some of them in more detail later. But our very effective and committed committee is made up of Dan Dillon, Connie Sims, Leslie Spoon, we heard, and um, Sheila Styron and Terry uh, Suarez. And we've met over the past couple months for a few meetings. And I said this from the get-go, when we launched our first meeting, I walked away from that first meeting just blown away at what all of our community members bring to the table. The chemistry was remarkable. People have amazing ideas. Um, Their enthusiasm, their energy, and their excitement to get this stuff done is like, it's just amazing. It's remarkable to me. And so, again, I'm very blessed to be able to to help to lead our committee and get us through this initiative. Um, You've you've touched on it's a three-year campaign and all the good things that we're going to be doing. And I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. So I would just like to say to everyone listening, we thank you for your interest. We thank you for your support. And most of all, we thank you for your participation because we indeed want to get everybody up and get everybody moving. So with that, Tony, I'll turn it back to you, my friend. Tom, thank you so much. We were just adjusting the audio. We're getting some comments that the audio was too quiet here. So 
hopefully we're a little bit louder now for everybody. So thank good. you so much, Tom. Sure. We, as Tom mentioned, you know, we have an outstanding group of people that I'm excited to be working with. Uh, let's start with the three pillars and then we'll break it down by our members uh, who are really involved with all the pillars of this campaign. But it's going to give us a chance to kind of, you know, parse things out. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll kind of introduce people as we go through the circle on this uh, or the, the, the Hollywood squares, if you will, on the Zoom <laughs> meeting right now. So we've got the campaign. It's public awareness. That's the first part of the campaign. The second part is advocacy. And the third part is partnerships. I'm going to go with, with public awareness because that's about being heard. And uh, I, I love hearing the cheers of one of our members. So we're going to start back in Florida where Dan's from. But two other Floridians that are helping to lead the public awareness campaign, Terry and Leslie. So let's start with Terry. Let's introduce yourself, Terry, just just for a second. Where do you live? Why are you passionate about this campaign? Just maybe in like a couple of seconds, because I know we're all late on time. And then as well, just we'll get into the details of the public awareness later. But, you know, kind of what brought you to the campaign? Terry, how about you first? Well, Tony, it was an honor when you tapped me on the shoulder and knowing that I'm involved in the community and this is my first convention and doing a health checkup and just with my connections, you said, hey, would you like to be part of this campaign? And I'm like, yes. And I have the honor of living in Claremont, Florida, where we are the city of champions. And in my backyard is the National Training Center for the Olympics and the Special Olympics. So this is right up my alley. I love getting up and get moving. This is amazing. And we'll talk more later, but I yeah. love my co my co-chair for our committee. And that's Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Terry. How are you tonight? Hey, Leslie. Oh. Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me on this committee. This this committee is so near and dear to my heart. I live in Orlando, Florida, and uh, I haven't met Terry yet, but we talk at almost every day now, which is awesome. I'm hoping to get to meet her soon. The other thing why this is so near and dear to my heart is because I am a certified aerobic instructor and a certified personal trainer for over 25 years here in Orlando, Florida. So, And I do community calls with ACB every day um, at 4 o'clock or 3.30 Eastern. So this is very near and dear to me. So I'm excited. Thank you for asking me to be on the, com the committee. And working as well on another key pillar, advocacy. Next to me is Clark. Uh, Clark, how about you introduce the chair of the, the advocacy committee for this? Because I know you've had a chance to work with her closely in other ways with advocacy. Definitely, Tony. And thank you. Hi, everyone. This is Clark. And oh, man, if you're like me, I, I know our folks out there listening over ACB Media or AC, ACB's social media channels and our folks on Clubhouse and in the community, you just get chills listening to ACB President Dan Spoon talk about why this campaign is so important. But one of the reasons this campaign is so important, it's, it's not going to replace, but it will accentuate and highlight the advocacy work of ACB and the person leading the advocacy subcommittee of this campaign is also the chair of our transportation committee at ACB, Sheila Styron. How are you this evening? Well, I am well, and um, I guess I'm really, really thrilled to be here because 
when I was a little girl, I was always left sitting on the bench, but I always wanted mm. to do stuff. And fast forward to now, um, I, I cross country ski and I walk a lot and I do yoga. And just in the past three months, I've run my first two four mile running races. So um, this is something that you all may just know that I'm, I am extremely passionate about. So I'm so honored to have the opportunity and I can't wait till later in the program when I can talk about the work that the advocacy committee is doing to get up and get moving. Fantastic. Thank you, Sheila. And working as well uh, in terms of, uh, I know with our partnerships, but we have Dan Dillon, who's the chair of our resource development committee, but I don't know if Dan was able to join. He was on for a while, but then we lost him. Dan, are you with us now? So folks, a lot of folks know Dan. He was one of the starters of the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, which is the annual ACB walk. That's actually uh, in memory of his wife, Brenda, who passed away several years ago. And Dan has just been a strong proponent for health and wellness. That's why he got the walk started, uh, himself a diabetic, um, but working as well closely on partnerships as well. Connie, out in South Dakota, Connie Sims, how are you doing tonight, Connie? I'm doing great, Tony. Thanks. Fabulous. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and sort of your passion for health and wellness as well. So I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and um, I have always loved fitness. I grew up loving to work out and um, exercise. And growing up in a small town, um, you always rode the bike, you know, walked everywhere. And being in a rural area, you still do a lot of walking and biking, you know, if some people bike. So that's it's huge. Um, I am a retired me- medical massage practitioner. So healthcare has always been huge, um, close to my heart. So I do some of the holistic stuff, but I really look into the medical part. And um, I just think that fitness and health is so important. And diabetes runs in my family. So that's always been hard, close. Um, heart issues run in my family. So I, I just always have loved fitness. Fabulous. Connie, thank you so much. And we're so excited to have you on the committee as well. Who else do we have? I think uh, Jennifer, are you on? Any other committee members? I think that's our full-fledged committee. I am on. How is everyone doing? Jennifer. Jennifer Flat, our manager of communications, is also with us tonight. She's going to be helping out with the public awareness. So Jennifer, thanks so much. You had a chance to work when you were in Canada for the Prime Minister in Health. So yes. we're excited that, that you're helping as well in the public awareness and the outreach we're doing. Um, I, I want to be able to get into some of our partner organizations now. And then we're going to fold from our partner organizations after we hear from some of them. And we're just going to take a breath for a while, take a little sip of water, need to stay hydrated. It's very hot in most parts of the country. We're going to play a couple of videos of our partners that have also committed to this campaign in a sense of their work already is really helping. And we want to be able to shine the light on those that are also out there helping for people who are blind and visually impaired become health and well all together. You know, the, the core of this campaign, as we've talked about, is about movement. It's not about becoming, uh, you know, uh, we're going to be hearing a lot about the Olympics during this convention because our big party will end at the end of it, but even just moving. And we had a chance and opportunity to meet with a fabulous professor of health and fitness and wellness at Georgia Southern University, Dr. Greg Groski. He's going to share with us a little bit of some of his passion. He's an Ironman himself, but the work he does in the research as to why this campaign is important. So, Tony, I just want to say I was so excited you called my name and I forgot to tell everybody what I bring to the table. So why we have this video opportunity of improvement, I am a critical care respiratory therapist and I'm still licensed. And when I lost my vision three years ago, 
Well, I didn't lose my vision. I lost my sight. Mm -hmm. And I want everybody to take a deep breath and exhale. And I want you to put your hands on your chest and just feel the rhythm of the heart. And just know the reason why ACB cares is that we need to keep that heart pumping. And the way we keep that heart pumping is by getting up and get moving, moving that circulation, moving that blood, taking deep breaths, and also looking at everything that's going on in our lifestyle. And we are super excited to work with this dynamic team to make this happen. And I hope that little friend that's in your body that never stops beating, that you don't have to worry about if it's working or not. It is always beating and we need to take care of our friend, our best friend, our heart. So I hope that helps everybody. And are we ready for some videos? I think so, Terry. So let's stand by. Frick's going to push it out real quick. I'm turning to Kelly, who's our, our, our controller here and nothing on webinar right now. Mm -hmm. And we can't share it from the computer. And we so. can't share from the computer right now. Okay. So if we can have screen share privileges on this computer here in uh, Alexandria. Host, but I don't know how to give screen share privileges to the green room. Oh, you're the host. You don't know yes. how to give. Okay. Um, all right. Stand by, everybody. We're going to get this video going in just a second. I don't know how to. Is JoLynn Bailey mm -hmm. Page on our committee? I don't know if Jolyn Bailey Page is. I think Jolyn is is here in spirit. She's down the hall right now. Ah, uh, hey, definitely Jolyn. Oh, Jolyn is there. Oh. All right, Jolyn, go ahead and introduce yourself. We're going to get this video queued up real quick. Hi. Um. Great. No, I've been I've been following in the background here. I'm Jolyn, and I am ACB's grant writer, and I also am the coordinator for the audio description project. But. Health and wellness is near and dear to my heart, and um, just trying to, after coming out of COVID especially, ramp up efforts to continue walking, running, doing anything we can, I can, to get back into good shape. But um, in addition to that, making sure I start taking advantage more and more of opportunities out in our national parks and sites. So stay tuned this week for several um, informational opportunities on our National Park Service, uh, ways to get up, get moving. There is a wonderful audio description panel Wednesday night talking about the parks and the unit description progress project, sorry, in Hawaii. But um, remember, get up, get moving, and take a walk in the park, even if it's just 10 minutes every day in your local park. And take that water with you. Absolutely. And not just for yourself, but your guide dogs too. Oh, absolutely. I think Jolyn deserves a woo-woo as well. And I would just, I would, I would take a note from Terry and say, um, personal point of privilege here is that I was recently elected president of ACB Diabetics in Action on Wednesday. I should have mentioned this before in my introduction, but I see some tremendous synergies between what we're doing on that special interest affiliate side of the house and what we're doing with this get up and get moving campaign. So um, really excited about that. And uh, of course, as a type one diabetic, I'm very interested in fully accessible, durable medical equipment. So it's going to be one of our ad advocacy right. legislative priorities for awesome. sure. So well, thanks, ready, Tom. I think we got a video. I heard a little video playback there. So <laughs> all right. Right, let's all sit back, grab our popcorn and hear from Dr. Greg. Hopefully it's low fat, light, no butter popcorn, everybody. <laughs> That's right. That's right. With a little dash of avocado oil. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. Yeah, you should try it. All right, let's stand by and see if we've got the video. 
Thanks everybody for listening in. I'll chat until I hear the video playback and then it's going to come through with Kelly if you see it on the uh, screen. We had it for a second there. Well, and it's funny, Tony, you mentioned standby. Do you know how much just standing is so important to improve circulation, not only for your blood, but your lymphatic system? Mm. And so when someone says standby, you should stand and just get blood flowing in all directions and go ahead and take a big stretch. And talking about stretching, hey, Leslie, aren't you doing something with yoga in the convention? So let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff we're going to do, the public awareness, because this is a good caveat, Leslie, so you can unmute. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the events yeah. we're going to do in one particular event where you'll get a chance to stretch with Leslie Spoon can you and hear to me, find Tony? out what it's like. Here, you just fine, Leslie. Yep. Okay, Come great, Crystal. great. Awesome. So, yeah. So thanks, Tony. Yeah. On Wednesday uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern, I am doing a yoga class. It's very easy. Uh, you can eat in the chair, you can be stretching a lot. We know we're having substantial reductions in exercise capacity. Well, Which would be good. Uh, that's usually where I'm at in the morning when I listen to Tony and Debbie on the Connection Show. And yeah, so 4 p.m. Wednesday, I'm doing yoga and it's not on ACB Media. Um, it's so, you know, get the Zoom link and please come to the class. It's going to be very easy. Lots of stretching. Lots of poses, easy poses that you can take and just do at your home. Leslie, this is Clark. So last year, you helped me with a session the Saturday kicking off our convention on accessible exercise and fitness, talking about how important inclusive language and uh, verbal descriptions are to right. fitness classes. But since then, you have been very active in the ACB community. Yes, it has been an active year for me. <laughs> I am so excited because I was telling Terry today, um, I'm up to five classes. So Monday through Friday, two yogas, two resistance classes, which is with balls and resistance bands, our soup cans, our peanut butter jars. Uh, one of my client ladies had a peanut bar jar, peanut butter in her hands last week. And she was telling us about, then we all got hungry. So, you know, that was pretty funny. But yeah, um, and then I do a happy hour cardio on Friday. So it's a lot of fun. It's so exciting. And it's, you know, Monday and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. And when Tuesday and Thursday and Fridays at 3.30 p.m. But I was telling Terry Clark today um, when we were chatting earlier, I, and I was on the treadmill, she was on her bike. And I said, hey, you know, this has been so exciting for me because my clients here in Orlando have gotten a little bit older and they're, they're in the pool now. So I don't really personal train them much anymore. I do in the pool, but my clients in the ACB community has given me back something. It's given me a chance to train them and use my traits and just really, you know, brush up on my skills and teach them what I know. So it's really been a win-win for both sides, you know, and it excites me and just really my passion, you know. Excellent. Leslie, thank you so much. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> one of the things that's exciting for the public awareness part of this campaign we're going to be holding events out around the country. Our first event will be October 15th in New York City, but that's the same weekend. It's on White Cane Day, but that's the same weekend that we're having our state convention in Buffalo. And Leslie, you're going to be up there in Buffalo, I believe. There's going to be some programming that will be coming out that you're going to be working on. But we're excited that you're going to be people that are going to be up in Buffalo are going to have a chance to meet you one on one. And it's not going to be virtual anymore. It's going to be in real life, which is fantastic. I know. Isn't that going to be exciting? It and is. 
We're going to do a circuit class at the New York convention in Buffalo. So, cause we're going to be inside cause you know, I'm a Floridian and it's going to be probably cold. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'll probably still be snowing. So. so I hope everybody signs up, um, you know, keep in mind, you know, keep your eye on for the New York convention, uh, blurb and uh, i believe there'll be something on that to sign up and come to the class come to circuit and then we're going to have something as well in washington dc during our leadership conference tied to the campaign and then later we'll be on the west coast later that spring so we're excited for the public awareness it's about getting out there and educating people talking about stuff the advocacy sheila and clark talk to us a little bit about uh some of the key things that advocacy is going to be focusing on on um, i'm really you know, happy to um yeah it's uh, we've had a couple of meetings so far and kind of an interesting way that um, our chairperson, Tom, has set things up that I think is working really well. We have committee meetings, subcommittee meetings for our different pillars, but everyone from the committee, anybody from the committee who wants to participate when they can. So we've got a lot of good blood and energy throwing, you know, flowing through these meetings. And I'm really pleased to be able to help lead this effort. Um, like I said, I feel like I've come a long way from sitting on that, that bench. And um, as we mentioned a little bit, ACB has done a lot of really great advocacy in the past. We mentioned the situation with Peloton bikes and the, the, um, ex the flat screen, um, bike that is actually accessible. It talks, you can take classes online and people can chart all of their own workout statistics, which is just really great, but we've got so much more to do. Um, we do have in ACB a very, very comprehensive three-pronged plan for dealing with accessible, durable medical equipment. But um, I think that this campaign will give us the opportunity to really bring it all home, to, to get around all those bases and finally make some of the corporations and entities we need to get on our side sit up and take note and listen. And then I'd like to mention the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, which in 2020 was introduced by Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. And, you know, we didn't quite make it to the finish line with that last year. But ACB cares about that so much. And it's such an important piece of the advocacy pillar of the current campaign that um, it was actually one of our um, advocacy imperatives or one of our legislative imperatives in the winter. And um, I think it goes beyond that. I, I have a feeling that we're going to get another opportunity to work on this. So I want everyone to uh, stay tuned, uh, cross your fingers. And speaking of fingers, um, we- The helping hands to healthiness. Yeah, one, one of our meetings, we, we <clears throat> talked about the fact that, you know, as advocacy, we're sort of a really big helping hand to this process. And so we have come up with five initiatives and I want you to help me go through them. I want you to indulge me. It might be a little silly. I want everyone to hold up your thumb 
It's the thumb drive and it points toward accessible transportation. We can't do any of these things, get our health care, get our exercise, take care of any of our, we need transportation. We need to get to the gym. We need to get to doctor's offices, whether you live in a rural or an urban environment. We need more sidewalks. We really need access to transportation. Let's add our pointer finger because it's going to point the way toward accessible exercise equipment. We've mentioned the Peloton a couple times, but look at all that equipment that's out there with flat screens. We can't turn it on. We can't speed it up. We can't slow it down. We can't climb the hill unless we, uh, you know, get someone to label it for us. And we need this stuff in the gym. We need it in our homes. We need it in hospitals, rehab centers, hotels. We need, you know, wow. We need exercise partners. We need running partners. We need captains, you know, people, uh, tandem bike captains, you know, I can't ride that tandem bike by myself. And then if we add our next finger, the tallest, longest finger, this is a very long reach, but we really need accessible medical care. We need medical facilities to be accessible. We need our medications to be accessible. We need to be able to read those labels. We need to be able to keep track of our of our medications. We can't be mixing them up. We need um, accessible communications. All those forms we have to fill out before doctor's appointments, while we're there, when we're done, when we're getting into the hospital, we really need. And then not to forget those electronic portals. We need to work on accessibility for those. So often now they want you to check in electronically before you go to the doctor. Then let's add our fourth finger, our fourth initiative on the on the advocacy subcommittee. So let's put a ring around that fourth accessible finger, that fourth finger because it's really important because that is the need for accessible nutrition nutrition information. We can't, how can we engage with healthier eating if we can't access all the nutrition facts on the labels, if we can't add up everything we've eaten during the day very easily and all those apps, you know, well, you know, some people say you might as well go ahead and eat a hamburger because we don't know what we're eating. We can't do it. So we need to, to make that better because you've all heard this before and it's really true. We are what we eat. And then last but not least, but not littlest, the little pinky. And that is our little symbol for and our reminder that we need accessible, durable medical equipment. I mentioned that earlier, ACB has been working on it, but now is our chance to really go to these companies and say, look, we have this campaign. This is so important. How many people do you know who are blind because of diabetes? And this is a really serious issue. And when we can crack this nut, we will be more in the pink. So I just want to reiterate that Sitting is better than standing if you can do that. Walking is better than standing still. And it doesn't take a lot to make a huge dent in, in your health and in improving it and going the right direction. So I want you to all join me in one final um, 
thing with our hand. Hold it up. Let's give a big five to everybody out there and to each other. And let's all get up it. and get moving. I love it, Sheila. That is fantastic. All right. I love that. Um, and thank you so much. Uh, in terms of the partnerships, uh, you know, a, a lot of us all collectively are working to reach out to the organizations that we engage with through the American Council of the Blind. And those partnerships are going to have folks like Vanda, who we're going to hear from, I think, shortly. All right. Well, we're going to hear, uh, you know, about a little bit about what Sheila talked about uh, in terms of, you know, how little can go a long way, right? And what incremental steps we need to take and how much of a dramatic impact that can make on our life. So we're going to hand it over to Rick up in Boston, who's going to see if we can play this video now from Dr. Grosky at the Georgia Southern University. Physiology at Georgia Southern University on the Armstrong campus in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. I am also the director of the Exercise Physiology Laboratory. And so in my position, I teach classes related to exercise, human movement, and wellness, and then conduct research. Uh, particularly, my research interest is a bit broad, but it really does focus on the impact of physical activity, exercise, and nutritional interventions on really the promotion of human health and helping individuals live not only longer, but hopefully healthier lives. I did my doctoral training at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, where I studied uh, aging skeletal muscle and looking at what happens to skeletal muscle. Really, we kind of focused on two different paradigms there. We looked at uh, athletes, so elite athletes, people who were setting world records, and then older adults. And we thought that we basically asked the question, how can we take what we learned in these elite athletes and apply it to make these older adults live healthier, longer lives and keep them keep them moving? Stock up in, in Tufts in Boston, where I studied the impact of actually the gut microbiome, which is the bacteria, archaea, viruses, and eukaryotic microbes on basically these age-related changes in skeletal muscle. The pandemic was hard on so many of us for such a variety, a loss of job, difficulties with childcare, increased stress, not being able to go to the doctor's office. And people for people who are blind or visually impaired, obviously these troubles are just that much more amplified, particularly those who um, would, would need to go to the gym. And I was actually just reading a paper last week that talked about what are some of the greatest predictors of reductions in physical activity and exercise over the past year, year and a half, owing to the pandemic? And one of the number one predictors there was people who relied on going to a gym or, or exercising in a gym type setting. And obviously, people who are blind and, or visually impaired and may need assistance or may need to go to the gym, that's obviously going to be a huge problem for them. And so, so many of us, our physical activity patterns have been reduced. And I think you know, one of the things I like to tell my students and I talk about, there's, there's a paper published in 2002 by Jonathan Myers and a group from Stanford. And the conclusion of the paper is, is quite simple, but I think it really is impactful and it shows the importance of physical activity and exercise. And that's that in this paper, they looked at uh, all the established risk factors for, for cardiovascular disease. So high blood pressure and high cholesterol and, and high blood glucose and all of the things we know that are bad that increase our risk for cardiovascular disease. And they showed that exercise capacity, which is driven by physical activity, was a more powerful predictor of mortality than any of these other established cardiovascular disease risk factors. And so if we're being sedentary, we know we're having substantial reductions in exercise capacity. 
well, now that the pandemic is uh, at least its impact is is alleviated and, and many of us are able to get out and, and, and be physically active again, it's time to start doing that. And I think one of the things that tends to scare people, and particularly those who have been sedentary for a longer period of time and have, have gotten in a habit of, of not being physically active is, well, what do my exercise habits need to look like to promote health? And, and you know, we see commercials and the Olympics are going on right now and the Tour de France. And it's like, well, I'm not going to be in the Olympics or I'm not going to be in the Tour de France or maybe you don't even want to go to a gym. And, and the truth is, if we're just looking at promoting human health, that's all totally fine. Because actually, one of the greatest benefits from physical activity comes from those individuals who are being completely sedentary to just doing something. In fact, in this paper that I was uh, referring to earlier, they took a, a large uh, group of, of, of individuals, a large collection of subjects, and they, and they basically broke them up into five different quintiles of exercise capacity. And then they looked at, they followed them for a period of time and looked at their, their risk of death. And they saw that compared to the subjects who were the most fit, these are the really high achievers, exercising a lot, really high subjects. Those who were the least fit had somewhere between a four to four and a half increased risk, relative risk of death. So that's a lot. But what they saw is that the subjects who were the least fit, if they went from being doing absolutely no physical activity, just to doing some, just getting up and, and walking around. And you don't necessarily need to be even be getting the 10 to 12,000 steps a day, but just get some physical activity. Things like parking further from the entrance to the grocery store, taking the stairs rather than an elevator. We're talking about the, the smallest lifestyle changes actually provided the greatest reduction in, in relative risk of death. So it went from four to four and a half fold to maybe only two to two and a half fold in the, in the cohort that was still not very fit, but they were not totally sedentary. And so I think that really talks about the powerful impact of exercise, even in very, very small doses. And kind of to that point, when we're doing exercise, it doesn't necessarily need to be in these large hour long chunks. We can do this exercise in, in, two, four, five, 10 minute increments throughout the day. If we don't want to necessarily go for a walk for 30 minutes, we've been sedentary for a long time or ride a bike for 30 minutes. It's just as good to maybe before each meal, we ride the bike for 10 minutes. That's going to provide really the same or comparable health benefits to exercising 30 minutes. So, so I really think that we need to, and then we as, as health practitioners need to get this message out because we need to make sure we're not scared of being physically active. We need to promote physical activity in a way that people feel safe and, 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 and it's not an intimidating thing to do. And so I think that, that exercise is so important and that from going from doing nothing just to doing something, making the smallest change is where the biggest benefit is going gonna, is gonna to be seen is one of the power, most powerful messages about being physically active that we can possibly deliver. Much up in Boston for being able to get that video finally out there. Fantastic words from Dr. Greg. Uh, you know, I can't say enough. A little bit can go a long way. And I, I myself, with my COVID-19 pounds I've gained over the past year, if about that, maybe a little bit more, uh, have just been started walking and the little things we can do. It takes a lot. And my committee, we're going to come back in just a couple minutes uh, with another video, Rick. If you can get the Vanda one queued up, part of healthiness as well is a health, a well of mind. 
it's one thing to move. It's another thing to have the will to want to move. And one of our partners, Vanda, has been really excellent at pushing the non-24 issue, which is a commonality amongst a lot of people who are totally blind. And it's something that really resonates through our community in the work they've been doing with non-24. Um, there's a video from Vanda we want to share because they're one of our corporate partners, our first health hero that we're having. But they have an important message that, that I think is worth everybody hearing, because if you're not sleeping well, you're just one going to sit around on the couch all day and be, you know, and be a sloth and not want to get up and get moving. The mental health side of this is one of the huge things that impacts our blindness community. So, Kelly, when you see that video pop up and get ready to go, let me know with Rick. Um, Rick, thank you so much. If you can pop in that video, it's the next one in the feed there. And we'll be working towards getting a chance to hear from our folks at Vanda, our nurse practitioners. They're available at the ACB exhibit hall. If you check out our exhibit tab at acbconvention.org, you can find out what office hours they have. Also, if you listen to the exhibit channel on ACB Media, and all this information is available at acbmedia.org, you can find out the calendar that shows all the invites, as well as find out what channels we're bearing, airing our exhibitors on, and they have their exhibit feed as well. So, Hello and welcome, ACB members. Vanda has greatly appreciated the partnership with ACB over the years, and it's a privilege to participate again this year. This opportunity is valuable to provide awareness of a very rare condition called non-24 that affects mainly individuals who are totally blind or visually impaired. I would like to mention congratulations to ACB for celebrating your 60th anniversary. What an accomplishment to know how much of an impact this organization has made over the years to you as members. I would like to introduce our nurse educator team, myself, Shauna Jasso, nurse educator covering Southwest, Northwest, and West State. We have Jennifer, nurse educator, covering Midwest State, Vicki, nurse educator, covering Southeast and Northeast States, and Maggie, nurse educator, covering Mid-Atlantic State. We welcome each of you to visit our virtual exhibit booth to speak to us in learning more about non-24 and or hosting a non-24 presentation with your chapter. We also have our contact information listed on our sponsor page. And now we'll hear from Jennifer. Hi, I'm Jennifer, and as Shauna mentioned, I cover the Midwest. We're delighted to be here. As a nurse educator, we offer presentations on non-24, both virtually via conference calls or Zoom, as well as meeting in person. We educate the visually impaired and the organizations that support them, such as the ACB. Some of the other groups we present to include independent support groups, rehab and training centers for the blind, manufacturers, rail clubs, centers for independent living, and other social services organizations. Our goal is to raise awareness of this rare disorder. Those who attend a presentation will learn from a nurse educator about the biology and symptoms of non-24 and how it can impact a person's life. Learn who is most at risk for developing this disorder and why. Vanda's non-24 nurse educators offer attendees free education sessions, educational materials, and the opportunity to opt into speaking with a health educator one-on-one -on -one if desired for personalized information and resources. It's a well-known fact that sleep is imperative to good overall health, so it's tough to get up and get moving if you're not feeling rested. If you suffer from poor sleep or sleep schedules that are different from most people you know, we have information that may help you or a loved one. I'm gonna pass this over to Vicki now. Thanks, Jennifer. 
Hello, everyone. I'm Vicki, the nurse educator from the Southeast and the New England states. I'm happy to be here. Just like eating healthy and exercising, as Jennifer mentioned, a good night's sleep is important for your health. Since non-24 is a sleep-wake disorder that causes disruptions when people sleep and when they're awake, I would like to share a few important pieces of information about it. Non-24 is the word non, N-O-N, and the number 24. It's a short name for non-24-hour sleep-wake disorder. Did you know that non-24 is a circadian rhythm disorder and not a sleep disorder? Circadian rhythms are internal rhythms that control various activities in our body, including our sleep-wake cycle. And our sleep-wake cycle relies on a light signal from the environment to keep our sleep patterns synchronized with a regular 24-hour day. Without a light signal, our sleep-wake cycle can fall out of sync or out of alignment with a regular 24-hour schedule and result in one or more of the three main symptoms of non-24. Problems falling asleep at night, problems staying asleep at night, and lots of daytime sleepiness. Raising awareness and having knowledge of non-24 may help you or someone else. So keep in mind as your affiliates grow and the sleep patterns of your current members change, a non-24 nurse educator can help you continue your advocacy for healthy sleep with a non-24 education program. Thanks, everyone. And back to you, Shauna. Thank you, Vicki. So if you or someone you know is struggling with any of these three main symptoms of non-24, we encourage you to get up and get moving and visit us at our virtual exhibit booth, where you can learn about ways to get your sleep back. We welcome you to click on the exhibitor link to join our booth and speak to us personally to learn about non-24 and or to host a non-24 educational presentation with your chapter. We'll be available from Friday, July 16th to Friday, July 23rd from noon until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're unable to join us at that time, please visit our sponsor link for our contact information under non-24. We look forward to connecting with each of you soon. Thank you. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much to Vanda for being our first health hero for the campaign. And, you know, if you get a chance, check them out. I So I have a, a, a fuzzy side in one eye now, but I was total for eight years and it was during teenage years. And I don't know if others on this call, if you all have ever experienced it, but it is it is a bear trying to get your body synced up with what life is like with the rhythm and the clock and just the, the momentum, the lack of energy. Uh, that's not going to get anybody up and moving. So thank you for the hard work Band is doing to really help promote health and wellness and healthy living through their through their science and medical research and the work that they do to try to help in non-24. Uh, and you can check them out on our exhibit page. Um, you know, we have two other partners that we've been talking to in terms of the campaign. They're already out there promoting getting up and getting moving. They've been doing fantastic work. We're going to be hearing from one of those people right now named Francesco. So Rick, the next one in queue, I believe, is Francesco with uh, Achilles. And so we're going to hear from our folks with Achilles. Clark, just a couple of words real quick on Achilles. Uh, you helped really foster this relationship with ACB. 
And, you know, just a, a sentence or so, what would you say Achilles is really bringing to the health conversation? You know, Tony, Achilles brings opportunity. They Achilles is as old as I am. They were founded in 1983, as Francesco will share. They have chapters around the country, and they, they really facilitate opportunities for folks to get up and get moving in endurance athletics, whether that's running, biking, triathlon. They're there as a friend, they're there to help. They're there to share your lowest lows and your highest highs as we all get up and get moving. Fantastic. Well, let's hear from a personal story uh, from Francesco. They just ended Magisano, and on behalf of Achilles International, I'd like to thank the American Council of the Blind for hosting this event and inviting me here today to tell you all a little bit about my story, as well as the mission of Achilles International. This campaign resonates with me because it is so important for us all, especially after this past year's isolation, to try to stay active and healthy even when it's not always easy to do so. Within Achilles, I lead a lot of the operations within the New York City area, as well as our Tri Achilles program, which is our multi-sport program. That involves a lot of swimming, biking, and running workouts for all of our members. And our members are made up of people with all different types of disabilities, including people who are blind and low vision, like I am. We are a global organization with a presence in over 25 countries, and since our founding in 1983, we have empowered more than 150,000 athletes to participate in some sort of endurance event. Every step matters, whether you're a professional athlete or taking your first step and never having run before in your life. Before I joined Achilles, the furthest I had run was maybe 50 feet down the block chasing the ice cream track when I was a kid. When I joined Achilles, my first run was with a very, very, very good friend of mine now, Kevin, and we did a four mile loop. And ever since then, I've been hooked and I've done multiple marathons and multiple triathlons, never having done any of that growing up as a kid. If you're interested in finding out more about Achilles or finding a local chapter near you, since we have so many chapters around the US and around the world, please visit achillesinternational.org and just search through our chapters. I hope you all have a happy, healthy, and active day I've been Francesco with Achilles. Rock on. When they make and, you know, we're all right. So we are back now. Uh, thank you so much to Achilles and to Francesco for sharing that that incredible you know story, um, his personal experience with Achilles. So we're excited to be, uh, you know, as we hold these events, uh, we're excited to be working with Achilles and hopefully folks can meet them personally as we're holding our in-person events. We're going to talk about one of those. Uh, later on, it's going to take place again in October, where we can get a chance to meet folks firsthand and actually be in the place where Achilles is headquartered. But before we do that, we want to hear from one more of our folks that we've been engaging with this campaign. And we're going to be hearing a little bit more about them later in the week. Uh, again, Clark, I'm going to turn to you because this is a group that you are very closely personally tied to. And, you know, uh, I'm excited that thanks to Clark, uh, you yourself, do you want to share a little bit about your own experience with this organization? Absolutely, Tony. So it was USABA that got me started in tandem cycling in 2006. At that time, I had no idea that that would lead to the London 2012 Paralympic Games. Um, so I, I have a very uh, warm spot in my heart for the work that the U.S. Association of Blind Athletes do, not only for tandem cycling, 
but for goalball, for blind soccer, and any number of sports. And they have a long history of involvement with ACB, uh, dating back all the way to Oral Miller mm. being the yeah, wow. you know their board chair. Yeah. Uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So they're a great friend of ACB and certainly near and dear to my heart. And, and it's wonderful. We get a chance to hear from Kevin with USABA. Uh, and we're going to get a chance to hear from more of USABA later in the week with the convention, I think. If uh, maybe if I, uh, you know, if, if somebody here, maybe, you know, someone in the know, maybe, but we'll see. We're excited <laughs> for the Olympic ceremony on the, on the 23rd uh, with the opening session. It's all who you know in this business, folks. Uh, but let's hear from Kevin now with uh, USABA. Hi, everybody. This is Kevin Broussard, Programs and Finance Director at the U.S. Association of Blind Athletes, otherwise known as USABA. So excited today to be on with you for this incredible event and to tell you a little bit about our organization, a little bit about my own uh, personal story as well. And glad to offer you some uh, some resources to help you along your physical fitness and health path. I was born blind. I have a very rare retinal disorder, uh, somewhat similar to Stargardt's. I actually had some genetic testing done recently and I have a, a mutation of a few different diseases, but whatever you want to call it, I've been blind since birth. And at a very young age, I was the, the target of ridicule at school. I was bullied constantly. Uh, the kids at school referred to me always as the blind kid. That's what I was known for. And I was going down a really dark road. I was very, um, had some mental health issues when I was a child. And again, just the bullying really piled on. And there's this constant focus on my disability and what I could not do. And as I grew older, I realized I needed a positive outlet to help me focus on my positive attributes. And I was able to find that through sports. When I was a freshman in high school, I wanted to join the track and field team. And I went to my coach and I said, hey, I wanna join the team. And he told me something that a lot of blind people have heard in their lives. He said, Kevin, you cannot do this because you're blind. He was afraid I was gonna get hit in the head by a discus or a shot put, and he didn't wanna deal with that issue. And at that point, I, I had a really um, flight or fi fight moment in my life where I had to decide to advocate for myself, and I'm glad I did. I, I went back for two weeks until he finally said, all right, Kevin, we'll let you on the team even though you're blind. And I'm, I'm glad I did because looking forward, I've gone on to win three world titles in track and field. I have the American record in the discus. And uh, after that, I spent a few years competing internationally in the sport of judo, where I was a national champion and a three-year three member of the national team for USA Judo as a heavyweight. And all these incredible experiences I've had in track and field and judo and sports, traveling the world, getting to meet people. And I mean, those are all well and good, but the things that I've really taken away from sports is the confidence I've grown, Again, focusing on what I can do and my positive attributes and accentuating that. Staying physically fit and active and feeling healthy and goal setting as well. 
developing a work ethic. There's so many attributes that sports and recreation can give people beyond just staying healthy. And I'm really um, a living proof of that to show the impact. And so working at the U.S. Association of Blind Athletes, obviously I have a, a very close personal connection to this organization. And it's, it's an organization that really can help any American who is blind or visually impaired, who's trying to get fit, who's trying to get active, and if they want to compete at a high level, we can help those people do that as well. Whatever your goal is, USABA is here to help you with resources, guidance, and, and contacts to make sure your goals are achieved. And we do that in a few different ways. We run sport programming in 10 different sports, uh, winter, outdoor, outdoor sports, endurance sports, you name it, we probably have some programming in it. And we've been doing this since 1976. That's when the organization was established. And over that time, we've really become the leading resource and expert for uh, sports and physical activity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. And again, we, we have programs with people that are as young as three years old, all the way up to early 80s and everything in between. People that are simply trying to get off the couch, trying to get more active, all the way up to individuals who are trying to compete at the highest level of the Paralympic Games on the international circuit. In fact, this summer, our men's and women's goalball teams will be competing at the Tokyo Paralympics starting August 25th. For those of you who are not familiar with the sport of goalball is, it's a team sport for blind and visually impaired athletes. It's played in over 100 countries. The sport is played on a volleyball-sized court, and you have three versus three. The, bell, uh, the ball itself uh, is about the size of a basketball, weighs roughly three pounds, and has bells inside of it. So that way athletes who are blind and visually impaired are able to locate the, the ball by hearing the bells itself. Also on the court is wire, tactile wire, so athletes can get orientation to where they are on the court. It's a really incredible sport. If you've never had a chance to take it in, I recommend you, you check it out and definitely cheer on Team USA on their road to Tokyo. August 25th is when they're starting off. Uh, our men's team won a silver medal at the last Paralympic Games in 2016, and our women won a bronze medal in 2016. So some really great performances and athletes we have representing Team USA goalball here in Tokyo uh, next month. So make sure you check that out. And then on uh, our grant programming side and the other things that we're doing to help um, blind Americans get more fit and active, we have a program called the National Fitness Challenge. And the National Fitness Challenge is a program where we provide Fitbit wearables to usually four to 500 Americans per year. So they have the tool to track their activity levels and see where they're at, see where they're progressing, uh, there's a, a big component of staying active, which is called social fitness. That's where you're connecting with people through the Fitbit app, through social media, to encourage each other to stay active. And on Fitbit, we, the, they say you should strive for 10,000 steps a day, uh, but everyone's a little different. You might get a Fitbit on and realize that your average steps per day are 5,000. So uh, these programs really help you learn how to increase those steps and enjoy the fitness and health components um, that tools like the Fitbit can bring you. And then we also provide individuals with local programming where we introduce 
them to sports like goalball or blind soccer, tandem cycling, triathlon, swimming, running as well. So all these programs that we run events in, uh, we introduce them because a lot of times um, individuals, especially when they're younger, if they're blind, they may never have been exposed to a particular sport or understand the adaptations it takes to still stay active. And so really with those programs, we're able to help the, any American who wants to be active, whether they're um, just kind of a, uh, an average Joe and they wanna, they wanna lose a few pounds or they wanna stay active so they build a, a lifelong, sustainable, healthy lifestyle and, and everything in between. So that's where US Association of Blind Athletes really comes in is to help people achieve their goals to help improve their lives through sports and physical activity. So really encourage you to check out our website, usaba.org is a great place to start for resources, contact and information on any particular sport you are interested in, uh, or you can follow us on social media as well. Our Facebook is United States Association of Blind Athletes. So thank you again for having us as part of this incredible event. Go to usaba.org for more information and make sure you cheer on our goalball teams and other blind athletes here at the Tokyo Paralympics starting August 25th. Thanks everyone. Awesome, and thank you so much, Kevin, and everybody at USABA. Clark, thank you as well for helping to really foster that relationship. Woo you know, such an USA. outstanding group, so yeah. Yay. USA, exactly, yeah. yeah. Go help. So, uh, you know, we've had a chance to hear from some amazing people tonight, uh, committee, uh, we're, we're so excited with what's on the horizon for us. Uh, let's talk real quick, just immediately. Uh, well, one thing, well, we were talking behind the scenes, Sheila, you, you actually uh, have been in, engaged with Achilles. Is that right? That's right. Uh, Achilles yeah. just in the past year started a chapter here and I've been begging people to run with me forever, trying to keep myself together in case I got a partner. And finally, Achilles is doing it. I've been in two four mile races in the past three months and yeah. I, I like walk a half a mile and take an hour bus ride to get to where we practice. That's how devoted I am to it. Awesome. I love it. Thank you, That's Achilles. Exciting. And, and thank you, Achilles. Thank you, USABA. Thank you, Vanda. Uh, we got a lot, thanks to their support, thanks to Banda's corporate support. Uh, you know, we've got a lot in store for us at the convention around the health and wellness track. You can check that health track out at acbmedia.org for all the times. What's a real quick preview? I know we got a lot of stuff around diabetes, Tom, which is personal for you. Uh, and and so uh, talk a little bit about just real quick on what we got on the agenda for diabetes awareness and nutrition and things like that. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Tony. Uh, we have a very robust convention program for ACB Diabetics in Action. Uh, it starts on Monday the 19th at 2.30. Our first track is on Diabetes 101, uh, which will go to 3.45. Uh, that's Thriving Well with Diabetes. Uh, the second track, also on Diabetes 101, is more around self-management with diabetes, especially when you're living with diabetes and vision impairment. So that's Monday. Uh, Tuesday, we've got at uh, 2.30, our first track is on Nutrition. Um, we'll have a, all these are, all these folks are professionals, uh, certified out the, <laughs> as you can imagine, they're all very professional. Um, and our new second vice president, Jeff Bishop will be Bishop of part of that track. And then in the afternoon, we have a fitness track, uh, which will be, uh, with a gal named Karen oh. Chemist. Yeah, Karen Chemist and uh, I couldn't resist Tom. And Steve Bauer from California Council of the Blind will be there. And then on Wednesday, we round out our amazing program um, with a 
the uh, 2000, 2000, the 230 uh, track will be uh, none other than Clark Rockfall, our Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, along with uh, our current president, Chris Gray, uh, who's the outgoing president. And uh, they will talk about all things advocacy, of which Sheila just gave you an amazing repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close out uh, the ACB Diabetics track on Wednesday afternoon with what I think is one of the greatest parts of ACB Diabetics in Action. And it will be a panel discussion with people who are living with all different types of diabetes, type one, type two, people that are using different technologies like continuous glucose monitors and all these different things. But our, our attendees will get to hear right from the, the people who deal with vision impairment and diabetes on a daily basis. And um, my personal view is that uh, the peer-to-peer sharing in ACB DevX in action is one of our most effective uh, ways we can help each other. So come join us. It's going to be a robust program, and we'd love to have you. And then you can send them my way, Tom, at four. Yeah, and close it out with some some slowdown and yoga yeah. and everything. There you go. Fantastic. And we got the stuff on Friday. Yeah. All right. Now, folks that know me know I, I, I moved down to Washington, D.C. 11 years ago from New York City, which I left my heart, as they always say, uh, in New York City. <laughs> That's it San Francisco. Louis? San Francisco. <laughs> I left my heart in San Francisco. Uh, I left my stomach in New York. My shoes are still at a bus station in Chicago. Um, so we are excited on October 15th. We're going to be in New York City. Terry, you've been really helping take the lead on that. Um, you know, we've been talking with the American Red Cross about maybe finding a service event that's attached to it. And uh, Terry, I, I love your enthusiasm. Uh, share with us, uh, you know, the, the greatness that can come as we witness uh, being healthy. Well, first of all, you know, it's New York City. So if we can do it anywhere, we can do it. And if we can do it in New York, we can do it anywhere. So what a better way to get us up and moving, but doing something live from New York City. So I'm super excited that um, ACB Media Network is going to have Darrow Lukes from The DJ. Uh, He has a show on Fridays on Cafe, or I'm sorry, number four, uh, Media 4, and it's called Forever Young. And that's what Get Up and Moving is about, the mental, the physical, and keeping us young forever. And he's going to be live from New York City broadcasting the show. So those of you that don't have the opportunity to be live, um, you'll be able to experience. We're going to have fantastic music. Um, Daryl Lukes, and I believe his counterpart's going to be a little bit of help with picking is uh, Lucy Edmonds. I think some of you guys may know her as well as a community voice. So super excited that we're going to have that musical aspect because for me, I love Leslie and she loves to be walking and running and all that (laughs) stuff. I'm the dancer Um, and I love to turn on the music and no matter what mood you're in, you just start tapping your toes. You just start moving those hips. You just start. And that's how we're going to get this together. And I'm super excited because the Intrepid today that was on audio description, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is going to be hopefully part of our walk destination. So I'm already planning to stay a day over. And that was a beautiful audio description. And then we're also going to do the event and have the Freedom Tower. Because what a better way to show getting freedom from the pandemic and freedom to show the world 
that just because you may have less sight or no sight, that's not going to stop us from getting the freedom we deserve to get up and get moving and be healthy. To move through society like everybody else. So fantastic. Exactly. And super excited. And I love the enthusiasm, Terry. Thank you. And, and so we are we are on that going to leave it to hopefully the next time you hear a lot of these voices together is going to be in person live. And so, again, thanks so much to the committee. Thanks to Rick up in Boston, Kelly here in our D.C. office and Joe Lynn in our office as well and all of our staff, especially all of our committee and our partners. Um, everybody during convention, we're going to be sitting around listening to a lot of stuff. But make sure you get up and get moving during those breaks. Try to stay healthy. And join us as we enter into this campaign for the next three years. We'll be dealing with it in, in uh, Omaha uh, as well next year. Uh, we got our virtual walk tomorrow at 6 o'clock. I think the last thing maybe we can go out with on is a message, a little commercial, if you will, from Donna Brown, who's going to share with us a little bit about the walk. Tomorrow's our walk at 6 o'clock. It's the way we're going to kick off the event for the convention. But let's just close with Donna. If we've got that queued up, uh, it's just audio. I am an avid exerciser and chair of the ACB Walk. To coincide with ACB's Get Up and Get Moving campaign, the theme for the 2021 ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk is Get Moving Together. This walk event serves two purposes. First, it is an opportunity for ACB members to raise much-needed funds for both the American Council of the Blind and its affiliates or committees. Second, and more importantly, the walk is designed to encourage ACB members to move, no matter how fast or far. Join with us for our virtual walk at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, July 18th. ACB members will be moving around in their home communities throughout the country. Some will be on treadmills of various shapes and sizes. Some will be pedaling exercise bikes or striding on ski machines. And others will walk around their neighborhoods. And now for the fundraising piece of this year's walk. Our goal for the 2021 walk is to raise at least $95,000 for ACB and its affiliates. At the time of this recording, more than $73,000 has been raised. It is not too late to make your donation to the ACB walk. Online donations can be made by going to acb.org and clicking on the 2021 ACB Walk link. From the main walk page, you can make a donation to the general event or designate for your donation to go to one of the affiliate teams listed on that walk main page. Don't feel comfortable with the online option? Never fear, the employees in ACB's Minnesota office are here. Call 612-332-3242 and they will be happy to help you. So, let's get moving together. 
raise money for ACB and its affiliates, and improve your health and quality of life. All right. We are so excited. That's it for the night. Um, but last but not least, thanks to everybody, everybody, and everybody listening out there in, in Clubhouse, ACB Media One, on our live streams. Uh, Connie, I know you've been quiet tonight. You get the last words for Get Up and Get Moving. Give us something exciting. All right, Tony. Thanks. I I want to just say, you know, let's do the walk tomorrow and get up and move. It's the best thing. I mean, our body isn't made to be still. It's made to be standing and moving. So the more you move, the better you'll feel. So let's get up and move. Awesome. Connie, everybody, thanks. Be well. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good job, Connie.